We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Your to-do list is a hungry monster that is never satisfied. For the last year and a half, I've helped principals get awards, get promoted, and find the time to do the work that really matters. I recently opened a new mastermind slot. Schedule a call with me and let's overcome the stressed and isolated principal position together. Go to the show notes for this episode at transformativeprincipal.org and click schedule a call with Jethro. Welcome to Transformative Principal. Today, I am excited to have Larry Villard, the principal of Bruce School. <laughs> it's yeah. a whole school district, right, Bruce? Correct. Yeah, and, and it's a K-12 school in Wisconsin, so... Uh, welcome and thank you for being part of Transformative Principle. You are very welcome, Jethro. Excited to be on this. I haven't done this before, and I thought it would be a new little journey for me. Well, you know, this is one of the things that I love about doing this podcast is that all over the country, there are amazing principals doing awesome things, and they don't always have the opportunity to explain what they're doing to a broader audience. And I love it when I can talk to someone who's never done a podcast before. And I mean, most people probably don't know where Bruce, Wisconsin is, <laughs> except that it's in Wisconsin. Is that probably pretty accurate? That is probably very accurate. <laughs> and yet you're doing amazing things with your students. And so I'm excited to talk with you about that. So let's talk a little bit about your school and how it's set up so that people can understand that. And then we'll get into some of the things that you're doing that are pretty remarkable. Sure. Yeah. And I never really think that things are remarkable or amazing here. I'm just very proud of a very talented and dedicated staff. Our school is located in Northwest Wisconsin. It's very rural here in Northwest Wisconsin. We have almost uh, 70% students on free and reduced lunch. So it's a very high poverty area. We're in Rusk County and our, we're the third poorest county in our state, which we're not proud of. But we are proud of our students and our staff and 
what has happened here over the years. Um, I came here in 1995, and this is a K-12 school, and pretty much one building. We Our elementary wing is, is kind of separate, uh, but it's all adjoined, and so our kids intermix with each other all day long. Our middle school is kind of contained uh, in their core classes on an upper floor, but they also have to go down into the high school classes for their exploratories. But for years, when I first came here, we were a junior high, and then uh, we really convinced staff and went and observed other schools to move to a middle school uh, with 6th, 7th, and 8th grades. That's been one of the most positive changes we've made, um, along with some things that have happened in the last 10 years that I'm sure we'll get to. But that was a great change for us. I never realized how much that would change the culture of learning and improve attendance and discipline, just moving to a different schedule where our middle school students had a chance to explore high school classes that would become electives for them. So that was unique. Uh, but otherwise, we're a K-12 district, uh, very small right now. Total in our school district, we have roughly 530 students. That's probably dropped 100 or more students in my 25 years since coming here. Uh, just a sign of the times in northwest Wisconsin with declining enrollment. And so that's been a a huge thing to overcome as a district and uh, make things run efficiently and reduce staff, but still provide a sound education for our children. And so that's a little bit about our district, you know, very rural. We have in the elementary two classes per grade. So there's two 4K, two kindergarten, two first, et cetera, all the way to fifth. And our middle school uh, now runs on a very unique separate schedule from everyone else. They have 80-minute block periods for all their core subjects, except for social studies and science that split that core time. Uh, but English and math run the full 80 minutes. Everyone else currently is on a 44-minute-per-day schedule, although our elementary also runs some extended core classes on their own. And next year, we'll all move to a trimester. And that'll increase core time in our high school to 60 minutes, which we think will be a very positive move as it was in the middle school. And we're excited about that. And our middle school will still continue on their unique 80 period, 80 minute blocks. Yeah. So just about that scheduling piece. Thank you for going into all that detail. That's fascinating to me and I really appreciate it. So on that 80 minute piece, a lot of people think that middle schoolers are squirrely. And can't really handle that uh, that sitting for that long, and yet you're making it work. And many schools across the country have those long eight minute blocks. What do you see as the key to making that piece of it successful? Oh, Jethro, absolutely. The key is your staff. Your staff is something they have to buy into. It's something they have to train and plan for. We had become a spotlight school about ten years ago. That was a very unique, amazing journey for us. Um, and so we had to invite uh, at least three other schools to visit our middle school every year. We are maintained our spotlight school status for five years. And it, it was during that journey after becoming a professional learning community and moving to a distributive leadership model that we we found, we went to visit other schools that we just weren't happy with where we were. And so uh, we found this 80-minute 
core schedule for a middle school. And our staff came back from that visit. They said, Larry, we just, we want to do this. We want to give this a try. We just think it's the way to go that we'd take away the study halls from our middle school students. We would have them. We would have them in our classroom. They would probably wouldn't have to take homework out. We'd be with them for these 80 minutes. It would be so good for our uh, college prep math and so great uh, to increase reading and writing. And, and I listened to them all and I said, well, let's see if we can do it. Let's see if we can schedule it. And we got together as a team and we said, we can do this. We can make it work. And so we told um, the rest of our people and we implemented it the following year. And oh my gosh, I would have never expected the total results we got even in the first year. I knew it was I hoped it would increase learning, but I would, I was worried just like, you know, the question you had led into is how do we keep middle school students contained for 80 minutes? And, uh, you know, because I know how squirrely they are and everybody else does, but oh my gosh, our staff was so well planned and, you know, there's transitions in that 80 minutes. They're not just sitting there lecturing. There's a lot of teamwork. There's a lot of projects the transitions get them moving around a little bit. Uh, they work together more. It's more of a collective learning operation. And yet it allows that piece of homework with that teacher. Uh, you know, they try to give those kids 20 minutes at least to get work done in math and English and with their reading. And it's been amazing. I never expected what it would do with discipline. You know, uh, probably... I would say back on average before we went to this, I'd probably get 50 to 60 office referrals a year, in a given year with the middle school. And it went down to practically zero. I mean, it, I just could wow. never have believed what would happen. And what I really didn't ever think about was the what would happen with failing grades. You know, we'd had about probably 14, 13, 14% each quarter of kids that would fail a class. We went from that to 1%. And we've stayed right at 1%. There's, it's amazing. We just don't go above 1% that fail because it's almost like they can't. Their teachers aren't letting them fail. And it's been so wonderful. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, going back to something you said early in the beginning about one of the benefits would be that you wouldn't have these study hall periods for kids. And that's something that, you know, I think as educators, we've, we've had this, you know, this good desire to help kids learn study skills and use their time effectively. But the reality is, is that if we can't get all that work done in the class period, then we're doing something wrong. And one of those strategies is to have a longer class period and give them 80 minutes to, to be able to have that support from the teacher. But, you know, it's, it's misguided to think that, you know, if you take the teacher away and give the kid more time to do it without support, that they're actually going to be successful because they're learning. It's not like they already know how to do it. You're right. Know, they need that support. And so that's really amazing that you've seen all those, all those changes from, that kind of a structural change that, you know, a lot of people would boohoo that and say that's not really what is causing it. But I think the other powerful piece of that is that your teachers came to you with that idea and said, this is what we need to be doing. And then we're invested in making sure that it worked. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was the key. And 
I know when we start talking about our distributed leadership model in our professional learning community, you'll see, you'll hear how this actually came together here. You know, it, it really wasn't a total plan at first. It was a result of some a predicament I was put into as a principal, but a vision that I had that one small little man can't make all the intelligent decisions for a school that has 45 talented people in it. Yeah, that's <laughs> a small little man can't make all the decisions. So, so let's talk about that distributed leadership. And also, you know, people, a lot of people think that PLC is a meeting that you go to and you did not define it that way. Can you talk to me more about how you see PLCs and what that means for your school? Oh my gosh, Jethro, I wished I could go around the world and talk about that fact right there. You can't believe when we had all these spotlight visits in some years, we had four or five, six schools coming to visit and they would come in here and think our schedule that I prompted all these people to have this wonderful schedule that we set this up. They couldn't believe that everybody just went about their business like we were. And I said, we didn't, I said, people know we're having visitors, but I said, there's nothing special planned. This is every day here. But to answer your question, what happened was in one school year, we lost our superintendent and elementary principal. So I knew that the school board was going to say, you know, our enrollments declined. You're going to have to be the K-12 principal. And I wasn't sure what they were going to do about hiring a superintendent. I knew they had to. I didn't know what kind of person we'd get. Uh, This was going to be the fourth superintendent I already had worked with. You know, I had never been an elementary principal. I I had spent 15 years at Midland High School. I was going to be moved out of my comfort level. And so I went to our elementary principal uh, before he got to the end of the year. And I said, Dave, I said, I think we need to start a leadership team. I said, you're leaving. Debbie's leaving. I said, I, there's so many bright people here. I said, I'm probably the least intelligent person on this staff. I said, I think we need to collectively get four teachers from elementary, four from middle school, four from high school, ask them to be part of a leadership team and let us come together as a team and make these important decisions. He said, oh God, I think it's a great idea. I said, you write down 12 people. I'm going to write down 12. Let's go ask them. Went and asked them. Every one of them agreed. So we sent them to a PLC workshop at at our CISA that summer. And we were just so fortunate. Dr. Anthony Muhammad was the speaker. And oh my gosh, Jethro, if you could have seen 12 people, you know, I get so emotional about this because it's changed our whole culture here. But anyway, they came back like new staff like new people. I, they just stormed into my office. Larry, we have to do this. We have to do that. Got to see what we learned. We got to be totally focused on our students. We can do this. We can do that. And I had to calm them all down first. And I said, okay, let's just take one step at a time. I see the excitement here, the passion here. What do we need to do first? And they said, well, let's write a grant. Let's try to get Dr. Muhammad here and get all of our total staff sold on becoming a professional learning community, to be totally student-focused, to drive our achievement by looking at real student data and to set our expectations high for every student to learn. I said, hallelujah. I said, 
let's start working on it. And so that kind of started, we were, we found out we were eligible to be the spotlight school. So we wrote a grant and we were so fortunate. We won the grant for a hundred thousand dollars. We, we ordered this learn by doing book from the do force that has become our Bible for operating as a PLC. We were able to get Dr. Anthony Muhammad to come to our school for a two-day workshop. We invited area schools. We invited everybody in our district, our custodians, our bus drivers, our board members, every staff member, every support staff member. And we started our journey. And, you know, to finally answer your question about a PLC cannot be a set of meetings. I can't believe when I go to all these workshops that we've attended and the visits we've had and the sharing we've done that people talk about their well, we have PLCs. We meet today and we meet tomorrow and we meet twice a week. And that is totally never entered our mind. Yes, we have team meetings, but a PLC has to become your culture. It has to become the way you do business, how you operate every day, that you share a collaborative journey, that you take what is working best and you eliminate what's not working. You have these crucial conversations, but you operate in this culture that cares about kids, that puts them first and uses real data. And so we have data days three times a year now for our staff. We take that data. It drives all of our interventions. And we've just come together as a staff to say our students are expected to learn at high levels. And if people could see where we were at, in our CISA, you know, in, I don't agree with this in Wisconsin. We rank our schools by achievement data. And, and I really wished we would just all share what works best and make every school better. But anyway, right we're on. ranked. So at one time, we were ranked dead last in our CISA 10 district, which is 32 schools. We were last. Right now, for the last five years, we've been first. And it's just because of the goals we set, the staff dedication, and totally, I attribute it to our coming together as a professional learning community, the professional development we've done, and the expectations we've set for our kids and the the honest-to-God deserving celebrations we've had with them. Yeah, so how how long ago was this grant that you got where you started the PLC process? It's been 10 years now okay. when we got this, and so then we are five years as a PLC, or as a um, spotlight school, which was really a wonderful opportunity. We got to share all over the state. I actually got to go to do a presentation to the Department of Public Instruction cabinet in the summer of of 2012, I believe. Uh, that was really rewarding and uh, neat for us. But we've just continued to operate under this culture and when subs come here or new staff come here now, uh, they've done their homework anymore. And they say something, you know, special going on here. You know, how did you get to this or keep it going? And that always warms my heart. But I think it just came down to coming together as a staff and, and developing this shared leadership that brings out the best in everybody. Well, that is where we're going to stop this interview with Larry Villiard. Uh, next week, we're going to continue talking. We're going to talk about how he does shared leadership in his school. And I think you're going to really enjoy that. So be sure to tune in next week as we talk about how he recognizes that he is not the smartest person in the room and 
make sure that his teachers have the voice to make changes in the school. And you'll hear about a lot of things that have changed because of his teacher's desires for things to be better. So uh, look forward to that next week. You can get the show notes for this at transformativeprinciple.org. And thank you so much for listening. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.